Let's start with Harry today. Hi, and welcome to today's podcast, Tuesday, January 24th. A couple of, uh, actually, a, a, a lot of guests. Uh, yesterday on the show, the Amelia Earhart's, one of the 90 performers for the upcoming Acoustics for Autism, which did not miss a year due to when it happens in 2020 with COVID. Uh, so Amelia Earhart and Scott Nicole and more will be by to talk about acoustics for autism. First up, the ladies from the Community Cares Clinic, the place that's right around the corner from where I'm sitting that offers free health care, a wide array, everything from women's health, uh, eye doctor things, prescriptions, uh, almost anything you can imagine for those that don't have health care or are underinsured. We'll have Addison and uh, her successor, Tatiana, along in just a couple of minutes. First, I was getting, so uh, the other, the, the family outside of my dad is, has been down in Florida at Disney. I think this is Noelle's third time there and Phoenix's like 58th time. And um, I, I had been hounding them for pictures and Tracy finally posted some and there was, there was just something, something different about, uh, different about Paul. And I've been thinking this for quite some time and it finally hit me. I'm like, it's not the fact that he's holding a human being, a small human that he made. It's that he's smiling. And I rarely think of him smiling or can think of his face with a smile on it. He is, I told uh, my dad and, and Tracy, like he's unrecognizable. And they're like, it's, it's Noel and the smile. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. And Tracy said that um, he's caring and thoughtful with Phoenix and the dogs and with her, but even she sees a, a brighter shine with him and Noel. It's nice to see. I'm very happy to see it. Um, let's bring in first our friends from the UT Community Cares Clinic, Addison and Tatiana. I'd like to wish a welcome back. And Addison, happy 2023. Great to see you again. Thank you. Good to see you. Uh, back over from the Community Cares Clinic with UT. Um, brought you back over because uh, you're, you're, you're departing, right? Right, yeah. Our positions are only a year long since we are medical students. We, uh, we had you in here about a year or so ago. I think I caught a, a piece of yours in the blade talking about this this medical gem that we have a couple a couple streetlights from where I'm sitting over at Cedar Creek Church um, on Burn, but I know you guys move around and do different parts of the area. Um, before you do depart, I've got you for the next twenty minutes or so. For those that didn't hear before or are unaware, what's the uh, what's the elevator pitch? The the long tweet version of what the Community Cares Clinic is. So we provide free health care with dignity to the uninsured and underinsured people of the greater Toledo region. We have at least two clinics throughout the week, sometimes three. We are at um, Cedar Creek Church on South Burn every Thursday. We are at two sites in downtown Toledo on Monday nights. And then we also go to um, St. Peter and Paul's Church and the Tabernacle Church as well. Uh, an absolutely immaculate resource for, as you said, many people who are under and, and have no insurance at all. Um, I wish I could shout from the the rooftop from the top of the fifth third building to let everybody know about this this fantastic program sort of is it a, a dr pat who created the program right yep he founded the community care clinic in 2010 tell me a little bit about him i know you and many others speak very highly of him he's an internal medicine medicine physician and mommy he's a local here 
His father co-founded SCORE, which does a lot of medical missions all throughout the world. They go after natural disasters. They have been to Ukraine in the past year to help with um, what's going on over there. And he wanted to enact change in his own backyard, so he started CCC in 2010, and it has just grown since then. Um, You're stepping away from the program. I guess uh, the woman that I met last year, Sydney, already has stepped into retirement. (laughs) Um, Would you like to introduce, uh, I guess, your successor to myself and then everyone else? Yes, this is the 2000. 23 executive director Tatiana White. Hi Tatiana. Hi. There's no there's no clapping here but it's it's fantastic to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Uh, let me let me ask you this what what's your what are you going to school for at UT right now and then uh, to jump ahead what about this program attracted you? Yes, yeah, so I'm currently a first year medical student and right now specialty wise I'm not quite sure just still trying to get my feet wet in medical school and um, get the hang of things. So that's to be determined, <laughs> but um, I'm from Florida actually, so Ohio is very new to me. But what's not new to me is being involved in free clinics. So I've had at least seven years of experience volunteering in free clinics um, as an undergraduate student and a graduate student. So now as a medical student, I like to continue that experience. So that's why I applied to be a part of the executive board because I, I would like to look forward to opening up my own free clinics, just like Dr. Pat in the future. So seeing that administrative side, I feel is very important. So you you bypassed like being on the executive board. You just became the executive director. Oh, no, no. (laughs) So before I applied to be the executive director, I applied to be one of the first year medical student uh, representatives for the board. So basically our job was to train as officers for the different officer positions in the clinic so we can get the feel of what the clinic is like, what it entails. Um, So when it is time to... um, apply for the executive board, we're able to kind of help um, new people on the board transition or have a smoother transition and be able to answer those questions once the current M2s kind of phase out and leave us. (laughs) Fade fade off into the sunset. You have a big job ahead of you. Yes. Um, Where in Florida are you from? I'm from Orlando. Oh, I used to live down there. I lived uh, in like Maitland, Altamont Springs. Okay, yeah, I know exactly where that is. Did you you not believe that snow existed and you wanted to come up here? I wanted to forget it. (laughs) Um, I I really grew up in New Jersey, um, New York, New Jersey area. So I moved a lot as a kid, but I got kind of spoiled living in Florida. And then I came here and I'm like, oh, wow, snow. Um, (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah, it's a mess. I'm from the East Coast of the Wild, from Philadelphia. Okay, yeah. Um, and when I moved down to Orlando, I got used to people saying that that certain parts of Florida were the southernmost part of New York and New Jersey. Yes. Um, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank when you. you first found out about the Community Cares Clinic, uh, was your jaw on the floor as mine was this this sensational medical care for people yeah. who desperately need it? Just blew me away. That's why I wanted to talk to Addison and Sydney and shout everywhere about this. What were your first thoughts when you found out about it? I thought it was amazing. It, the, the CCC was actually one of the reasons why I wanted to come to the University of Toledo, um, because I knew I wanted to extend that experience that I had in free clinics. And for this clinic to be open for 12, 13 years, it's really amazing. And it shows how much the clinic cares about the community and how much the community uh, trusts in the, the has trust in, in the clinic. Um, so... I've been a part of clinics that haven't even lasted for two years because maybe the resources or the support, the volunteers. So for this clinic to be going on and still alive and thriving, 
12, 13 years later, it really speaks volumes. Deep pockets, Dr. Pat, but also yes. uh, great visions as well and execution. Um, tell me about some of the things that you're bringing here with your perspective, some things as the executive director that you might like to implement, yes. and then some things that have kind of opened your eyes that you didn't see in other free clinics. Yes, yeah, so one of the big things that I'd like to improve in the clinic um, is increasing minority student and provider involvement um, because the patients that I've seen um, come in to these, the four clinic sites are mainly uh, African-American or black or Hispanic. So I think seeing more students that look like the patients would really um, increase that connection and that trust within the community. Um, so that's one thing I'd really like to implement or um, push more for uh, the clinic. Um, I also like to um, kind of create a scholarship for uh, the underserved areas or students in the community that are interested in healthcare or um, community service. Um, so we're in the works and talking about that as well. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, those are the two big things that we're looking at. And uh, we still have our first board meeting coming up. So I'm interested in hearing their ideas and seeing what they'll bring as well. Addison, this is a really good hire. Well done. Well done. Uh, Tatiana, is there anything that you've seen that, that kind of opened your eyes that, that, that really impressed you about it, other than the, the entire operation, maybe something on a, on a smaller level that, that you didn't see at other clinics you've worked at? I thought it was amazing how much the providers really trust the students. Um, that's not something that I really saw in other free clinics. I mean, yes, I was able to scribe and things like that, but for providers to trust students to run the clinic essentially is something that I've never seen before. And like I said before, it's been going on for 12, 13 years and it's still thriving. So, I mean, that's something that I feel a lot of medical students don't really have the opportunity to experience. So for this medical school to give us that opportunity, I think is invaluable. The one night that I visited uh, the ladies and got a tour, I was like, there are no adults here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Addison, since we last sat down, maybe about a year or so ago or whenever that was, uh, what's changed over at the clinic? We've really focused a lot on increasing our diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, as Tatiana said, we've worked on trying to get providers of color and students of color in, and I think Tatiana's going to just, you know, take that to new leaps and bounds. We also marched in Toledo Pride for the first time, which was such a fun experience and really got our name out there quite a lot. Had you ever, had you ever been to that before? I had not been to Toledo Pride, and it I've is. never marched in one. The The Pride Parade is one of the marquee events of the year. I'm sure you've heard all about like opening day and uh, German American Festival, like the big calendar yeah. events. And Toledo Pride is certainly beyond, it's one of those, it's beyond just being a Pride thing. Um, Toledo comes together for that. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was so much fun. And I'm also, I'm personally very passionate about language interpretation. I speak Spanish. I'm really passionate about having a live in-person interpreter. So I've been working on building our interpreter base last year. We have um, at least one Spanish speaker at every single clinic. And we have um, a lot of other other languages as well as like Arabic and Mandarin. Uh, I'm thinking about like um, minority communities of all kinds. Um as you talk about diversity and equity inclusion, what Tatiana has as well. And I guess that's another level of it. Um, people might want to seek out the care, but there could be a language barrier. And that seems like something that you want to implement as well. Yes, definitely. I had a patient, um, a 
a couple months into my term, I interpreted for her and it was just kind of a run of the mill medication refill appointment. And she came back a few weeks later and she asked for me by name. And she told me that I had, yeah, I was very friendly and that she liked having me there. And just the fact that I could make that a comfortable experience for her and remove that barrier was just astounding. I had to step away and tear up. <laughs> um, what What about uh, medically speaking? Uh, what's another word that I'm looking for? Um, obviously, we're a year out further from COVID. How in that regards of what people are coming in with? Um, I know over the last couple of months, I, I had been saying during Thanksgiving, people passed around turkey stuffing and colds. Um, I think we've had a lot of RSV, RSV, COVID. So where are we now from your perspective as we've gotten a little farther away from COVID and what some of the, the ailments are that people are coming in with? I think we're seeing more or less a return to normal. We still do have a lot of viral respiratory illnesses coming in, but people, for the most part, are testing negative for COVID. And so we're getting a lot more of those chronic health issues popping up now that people feel more comfortable about going outside and seeking health care. We're seeing a lot of issues that may have not been neglected, but not been addressed over the past couple of years. Yeah, I, I know that's the thing where, where people have put off appointments and scans and, and whatnot, and now they're all piling up or something has happened because they didn't get that taken care of or weren't yeah. able to. Um, let's go down the, the laundry list. In fact, one of my questions I wrote up was maybe it's easier to talk about what you can't treat and deal with there, but let's do the laundry list. What services do you offer for people there? It's easiest to think of us as your primary healthcare provider. So we can do anything that your um, family doctor can do. Um, you know, basic skin checks, any musculoskeletal issues we treat. Uh, we deal with a lot of chronic illnesses like diabetes, hypertension, um, high cholesterol, things like that. We also have our women's and reproductive health clinic where we can we offer pap smears, um, lab testing. And we also do confidential HIV and STI testing as well. There's some some vision assistance there, like rudimentary vision help as well? Yes. Yeah, we will do a vision screening. And if you qualify, you get a coupon for an optometr- optometrist exam and glasses. And you you're, you have an ability to write prescriptions as well, yeah? Yes. Yeah, that's a big talking point. We have a whole free pharmacy with antibiotics, a lot of chronic maintenance medications, and everything you could need. To go back for a second, you talked about the, some of the chronic conditions like diabetes, hypertension, cholesterol, fairly common things. How are you able to treat people with those at the clinic? Yeah, it's it's a challenge, especially with diabetes. Insulin is so expensive, and we try to provide it for free for our patients. We do rely on a lot of donations of insulin. We've worked really hard over the past year to get quite a few grants and a lot of funding, so hopefully we're going to be able to purchase some long-term insulin because you also don't want to be changing up the type as much on sure. people. But when you rely on donations or what you can get in bulk from a supplier, it's harder to do that. One of the things that I saw as a challenge um, so that you're able to help people, and I think we probably discussed this a, a while back, was these are underserved people, minorities. Maybe they there are other priorities in their life. You might have people where there are eight people in a household, and as much as health is the most important thing in your life, Getting to your job might be something else. How about people getting to the clinic and to the places where you are? Is there any travel improvements or any benefits where uh, you can send a TAR to transit or something to get somebody to get people to where you are? Yeah, this is exciting news. About six months ago, we won the AARP Community Challenge Grant. So we got $16,000 
we are installing a covered bus stop at the... There's already a bus stop outside of Cedar Creek, but it's just mm-hmm. a post in the ground. So we're installing a covered stop with a fence. And it also gives us funds to buy TARDA passes for patients that need it. And we can also call um, Black and White Cab and Uber and Lyft rides for patients that need it. They just need to call our phone line and we'll set it up for them. What time are the hours? Um, I know I keep focusing on the Cedar Creek location, but we'll talk about the others. What are the hours Thursdays at Cedar Creek? Thursday, doors are open from 5.30 to 7.30. We see anybody that walks in the in the clinic throughout that time. Um, any any protocols or processes? Where is uh, be there at five? Line up at five. Uh, if you're there, you'll be seen. Even even if we go past the closing time. Yep. Yeah, um, if you're there anywhere from after four thirty, you'll you can line up in line, and then we see everyone that's there. So sometimes we're there till maybe 11, 12 at night. What are what are the other locations that might be more accessible for people that are closer to where they are and where their lives are? The Tabernacle Church on Pinewood Avenue, that is the first and third Tuesday from 4.30 to 7.30. And our Saints Peter and Paul's Church Clinic is the second and fourth Sundays from 1.30 to 3.30. Um, what are you most... So it's been just one year for you? Just one year. One year. Yeah. What What are you, and you can speak for Sydney as well, please, uh, what are you two ladies most proud of in the last year leading the Community Cares Clinic? I think definitely most proud of our diversity efforts. Um, Sydney is extremely involved in LGBTQIA care, so she was really excited that we got involved in Pride and that we are, uh, you know, like a confirmed like safe resource for people that may need you know care. And I'm really passionate about our Spanish and language interpreting too. So uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask something that it's to me it's a silver lining of COVID. More and more people are tending to their mental health, and in many ways, uh, it's created a backup where people are waiting a long time to see a mental health professional. Um, it's a, it's not a good problem to have. I wish we didn't have it at all, but I'm glad people are seeking help. What kind of mental health services do you guys offer with any of the locations, if anything at all? Yeah, we can manage um, kind of low acuity depression and anxiety for uh, mental health is just so multifaceted and they really deserve a provider that's really consistently working with those options so we refer most of our patients to the ZEP Center because they can provide free um, counseling and medications as well there's also the psychology clinic from the University of Toledo's psychology doctoral students awesome Um, last thing before we come back over to you Tatiana Um, where was I going with that question Oh, the one thing that we have to speak of, uh, maybe at the top of everything here, is this is all. These are all free services. One hundred percent free. Uh, all the resources, the grants, Doctor Pat. Um, you will not get a bill for anything at all with all these incredible services that are offered. Right. Right. We for lab services, however, we do have to refer out to St. Luke's Hospital. So sometimes patients get a bill for that. We help them fill out the financial aid form. Most patient most patients do not get a bill. And we just recently got a grant to buy some of our own lab testing, so we'll not have to refer out for those as much. What are some of those labs that would be involved? Um, a lot of complete blood count, complete metabolic complete metabolic panels, your A1Cs, lipid panels, um, any coagulation factors, endocrine factors, hormones as well. Uh, it's incredible to have here uh, a variety of times throughout the week so people can get their health tended to. Um, thank you for doing all this. It's been great to meet you in Sydney. I'm sorry you're moving on. Tatiana, you have big shoes to fill. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, what else are you looking forward to? I know I asked you about some some goals for this and visions. What are you looking to uh, forward to or any challenge that, that you might see stepping in as, uh, as the new executive director? Yes, I 
Well, definitely uh, maintaining my grades. <laughs> yes. To, I've been talking to Addison and Sydney about it, um, and that's my biggest thing. But I feel that um, once I get into the groove of things, um, things will come easier. And all, all, when there's always a change, it, it takes somebody be, being able to adapt to change and be, staying focused and staying level-headed. So I feel like I have those qualities. So there will be some growing pains, but I'm excited to experience those and just get better as a person and as a leader. Um, now I'm just really excited to uh, work with the new board. Um, everybody that's on the board is dedicated um, to the mission of the clinic, as well as I am and the new director of administration, who is Stuart Besley. So we're just really excited to uh, continue the great works um, Addison and Sydney and the uh, previous board has done um, and just add on some new things and just continue what they have done as well. Addison, what, if any, advice have, have you and Sydney passed along uh, to Tatiana? And I'm sure you would be repeating yourself, but we didn't get it recorded. <laughs> so now I want to get it recorded. What advice have you passed along to her? I think one of the biggest things is separating school time and clinic time. You know, you have to delegate that for yourself. You know, you, you have to study now or now you get to answer all those emails. And really just staying organized, staying on top of things. I think one of the biggest things is just the constant barrage of emails and text messages mm. that you get. But again, it's um, clinics just fun. Like it just it makes everything worth it when you go there and you interact with patients and you help people. It is so much fun. Give give me us a story of someone that's come through those doors. Maybe they were a little reluctant. Maybe they were uncertain that you were going to be able to help them as much as a regular medical facility could. Give me a success story that 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 strikes you that will be with you twenty years from now. We had a young woman come in a few months ago, and she, at reception, she was pretty shy, pretty timid. Her friend was speaking for her. And we were instantly, you know, a little concerned, you know, what's going on? And, you know, is she all right? And we pulled her aside and talked to her, and she was actually um, a victim of sexual abuse and was in the Toledo area um, just to see family. And we, our team really sat with her. We had a couple female um, medical students like sat with her and she had said she was pretty hungry. So, and we have free hot meals at the clinic. So we brought her like two or three of them with some chips and waters and stuff. And it just, you know, let her get full to her heart's content and just sat there and talked with her for a while. And by the time she left the clinic, she was like dancing. She was happy and waved goodbye to everyone. And just to see that drastic change, just because someone took the time to sit with her and talk to yeah. her and get her to open up was just incredible. Um, one other thing, in addition to things being free, and as you talked about, think of this as your, your PCP, um, completely private. There's no information going anywhere. You don't have to worry about any of that. They're, these are responsible students. You're, oh, you, there's oversight there as well. Um, literally, it is everything as you would go to a regular physician, right? Right. We follow the same HIPAA laws that your hospital or doctor would. It's uh, something I'm passionate about is that just because people can't afford care, they do not deserve a lower standard of care. Absolutely. We are very hard on our volunteers making sure, you know, you follow these rules, any dis final decisions made by an MD, DO, or a nurse practitioner, and that is a very strong rule we follow. It, ethically and legally, that's the standard. Uh, one thing I didn't ask you when we last visited, this is this is sensational, how you can dispense medications and tests and get people to the healthcare maybe they never envisioned even having. Um, what about managing the people? You, you, you and Sydney <laughs> oversaw things, and with that comes sometimes dealing with people drama, um, someone who might be late for work, the typical things that you would work, you would deal with as, as, as any manager. Um, what advice would you give Tatiana for that? Because you're also dealing with people who may be older than you, or if anything, they're slightly younger than you, and here you are in a position of power, and you need to sometimes read them the riot act, as my dad would say. <laughs> yeah, I think... 
Um, my biggest thing was just remembering that you are the leader. I'm a generally quiet person and I've gotten a lot louder over the past year having to kind of take command of a meeting or sometimes you've, if a volunteer acts up or says something inappropriate, you have to sit down with them and explain to them, you know, why that's not all right. Just remembering that, you know, this is your show. Dr. Pat trusts you to run this clinic and you have a lot of say over that. Tatiani worried about dealing with people. They can be a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, not really. I'm actually excited to just meet new people and, uh, help them as much as I can and really as much as we can. I'm speaking for the board as well um, and the providers and the volunteers that really are dedicated to it. Um, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to meet people. There will come, cha- there will be challenges and I, I expect them to come. Um, but uh, like I told Addison and Sydney during my interview for this, um, I believe that I can stay focused when there is chaos um, and stay level-headed and really know that there's a bigger picture um, and not take things personal all the time. Um, what was the hardest question they asked you in the interview? <laughs> um, let's see. Honestly, I was telling Addison this the other day. The hardest question they asked me was, do you have a preference on being the executive director or director, director of administration? And I don't know why that was really hard for me to answer, but I had to sit there and think for a second like, I know I have a preference, but do I really say what my preference is? Right. Is this a trick question? Right. <laughs> Are you testing my passions for certain things? Right. Um, but I think in that moment, it really taught me not to be afraid to step up as a leader and really claim that leadership role um, and not being afraid to really say that out loud and being proud of that. Um, so in the moment, it was a little tough for me to admit, like, no, I want to I want to be the executive director, um, but I'm glad I actually said it. So, uh, Last couple of things. Addison, are you going to get out of here when your time at UT is up, or are you going to stay? Because you're not originally from here, right? Right. I'm from Southern Indiana, so I have two more years at UT while I do my clinical rotations, where I can still volunteer at the community care clinic as a clinical student, so that'll be fun to lead a team. And after for residency, I'm not sure where I'll go. I think I'd like somewhere warm, a little change, <laughs> maybe the Southwest. Right. What's been your favorite thing about Toledo in your time here so far? Ooh. Uh, I think there's so many things to do here. Toledo's not much larger than the town I went to college in, but there are just a lot of events every weekend. Like there was the, yeah. the German festival you talked about. Pride was insane. That was the largest pride I've ever been to. Yeah. There's a, we, five, five, six, seven years ago, there would be the lamenting of there's nothing to do here. And it was a little embellished, a little hyperbolic, but now there's arguably too many things to do <laughs> with all the amount of great events that we have all over the area. So uh, it's been great to have you here. Tatiana, um, what do you miss from Orlando and also New York, New York, New Jersey? I miss from Orlando the food. Um, like Cubans? Yeah. <laughs> Jamaicans, Haitians, all of it. Well, I meant the food, like the Cuban, the sandwich. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cuban food, Haitian food, Jamaican food. The variety of food is just incredible in Florida. And when I moved here, I'm like, okay, so anybody know of any seafood, good seafood places around here or something? How's the millennia these days? Oh, millennia is, yeah, it's great. Is it still a classy place? Oh, yeah. Half the the mall is like Gucci, Louis, other half. I say on the other half because yeah. I have no business on this right. side where Louis is. I can't even, I'm not dressed nice enough to go to that side of the right. mall. What are you, you're going there to buy clothes. You've got to be dressed a certain way to walk past those stores. Right. What do you miss from back in the East Coast? Um, East Coast, I miss my uh, childhood friends. Um, because I, I used to move a lot as a kid, it was really hard for me to stick with the same friends because I stay there for a year. Oh, it's time to move. So 
those friends I, I grew up with the most. Um, so being able to see them all the time, I really miss that. And all of us are either in professional school or starting our big boy and big girl jobs. So it's hard to like get in contact with everybody as um, easily. But yeah. how long have you been here in Toledo now? Uh, since July. Something last year. something that you found to enjoy so far? Um, I really like the parks. Um, well, when it was warm. Um, <laughs> so the parks are really nice. I really like to take walks and just collect my, my thoughts in my mind. So um, Swan Creek was really cool. I like to walk around there. And yeah, just trying to explore the parks, I think is pretty cool. Great to have you here. Thanks for doing what you're about to do. Uh, one last thing, Addison, websites, socials, or anything like that where people can follow along. Our website is um, utcommunitycare.org, and our Instagram is ccc underscore community care clinics. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks to those guests. Let's slide right over to Scott, Nicole, Amelia Earhart as we get ready for Acoustics for Autism. Q105, welcome to the show. You have tuned in at a very good time because there are rock stars here. Let me see which mic is good. Scott, you're there. Say hi. Check one, two. Scott's here. Carrie and Megan, that one. Hey, hey, how's it going? Perfect. Hi, Kel- Ke- Kelsey, where are you? I'm right here. How you doing? Hold on. Hold on. Try that one. Oop, I'm here. How that, you doing? That's me. That's me. Uh, Amelia Earhart is here. Ladies, welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And, and, you know, absolutely anytime. Not just for acoustics or autism. It can be... Friday, and you can come in and hang out. That's what I basically did to TSA last week. I'm like, hi, Megan. <laughs> All right, we're going to come back to the ladies in just a second. We're, uh, Scott, what, six weeks out from acoustics? Yeah, yeah, and we're, I think we're more prepared than we've ever been all these years we've been talking to you. I think this year um, we have such a well-oiled machine. You know, we're a 100% volunteer organization, but I think on March 5th you're going to see a record number of bands, 90 musical acts on eight different stages. We are now the largest free annual music festival in the country. It was 15,000 or so people there last 17, year, right? 17, yeah. 17? Yep. Um, I, I think you're that all... we were able to account for with, with people that got bands, got wristbands that were, you know. I think you guys are also a trivia question too. Are you like the only thing in 2020 that didn't get canceled just because of the timing of everything? It, well, yeah, yeah. So it hit it hit in 2020, and it was literally the next week it the governor started having wine with the wine. Yeah. It was the next week. I mean, we were yeah. all, we, we, we incubated everybody. You know, I mean, everyone, you, did? you know, was exposed, I'm sure, anyone that had it, because it was packed. Uh, and then, then the country went into shutdown. And then we did have one the following year. Yeah. Even though things were, it was a different event. It was a ticketed event, but we still pulled it off. So this is our 16th edition. 15 years we've been doing it. And I think this year will be bigger and better than ever. You said record amount of bands. What has the number of performers been in years past compared to now at like 90 or so? Well, last year we had eight. So we only, we're only uh, increasing it by a few this year, but still that is a massive number of musical acts to get on and off stages to prepare for, to get all the logistics down. But yeah. And I think if you look back over the years, what, why this is successful, why the, the music is successful and the, the event is we've grown organically. If you go back to when Judge Corey started this, you know, 15 years ago, 
it was very small it was manageable and we've just grown slowly over the years we didn't grow too fast and so we're able to absorb you know what uh, what that looks like what that means and i'll tell you we have the best volunteers and on the planet the people that pull off the logistics the imagination to, to the creativity to pull it apart and by far the best musicians as you're going to hear here right, after ladies. the break Oh, yeah. Everything he said. <laughs> um, it all benefits Project I Am. To go back to uh, Judge Corey, what w- what about autism um, was a passion point for her that Project I Am sprang from? She had a, a very close friend that had a child that was non-communicative that um, was struggling with conventional treatments. And so they spent their a fortune um, trying to find what would work for their kid. There's a saying we have uh, for kids on the spectrum. Once you know a kid on the spectrum, you know one kid on the spectrum. It manifests itself so differently across the spectrum. And uh, what we've learned is there are different treatments that work for different kids. And to the extent that we can fund those, because most of them are not covered by insurance, but if a doctor says this will work for your kid, we'll fund it. So now that kid that was non-communicative is a full ride scholarship uh, awardee at the University of Michigan. What What are some of the resources that you guys offer for families of those who have kids or individuals with autism? We don't do so. We don't do research. We don't do treatment. All we do is endow a, a scholarship fund. So we just raise money and distribute those funds. That's our sole purpose. So what we do is we pay the providers directly. So if you have a family member that's struggling, uh, that has out of pocket expenses, you apply for a scholarship, and then our committee gets together. If a doctor says this will work for your kid, and you're from you know Northwest Ohio, Southeast Michigan, then we'll fund those. And it doesn't have to be a therapy. There's other things. There's products that work for kids. There's tactile things, uh, weighted blankets, those types of things are very expensive. Some families can't afford that. Yeah. And we'll fund products as well. Um, let's talk about some of the money raised. The record amount of people last year, record amount of funds raised as well, right? Or close yeah. to it? Yeah, we've we, we raised over a hundred thousand dollars last year at a free event, mind yeah. you. So yeah, we, we raised a lot of money, distributed a record amount of money. We had that so the need is definitely there. We have people applying for the scholarships. And to date we've we're you know, we've we've raised well over half a million dollars and distributed those funds uh, to families that really need it. March fifth on Conan in uh, in Uptown Mommy, how can people offer money or otherwise as you said it's a free event, so how does that money get generated that day? Well, we do have, so nobody gets paid. So we don't have any employees. We don't have an office. We don't have anything like that. It's 100% volunteer, as I said earlier. But uh, we do have fixed costs for the event. So you got to you gotta pay for a tent. You got to pay for to heat the tent. You got to pay for the beer up front, um, uh, snow fencing, all this kind of stuff. Um, so we do ask for uh, sponsorships. And if you have a, a corporation that wants to align themselves with a great cause, I find that people really pay attention to the sponsors because this is a cause that are, is near and dear to a, a lot of hearts here in this community. Um, I think it is great marketing collateral that you get because we talk about it so much you'll see, get tired of hearing from me and seeing, no, seeing no. from me. But there's still sponsorships available. That window's about to close here in a couple weeks. You can go to AcousticsForAutism.com go to the current event which is the 16th edition of Acoustics for Autism pull down uh, a, spo- a sponsorship tab. You can find everything you need there. The other thing we're asking for today is uh, don't so if you have donated items that we can put in the silent auction, turn that into cash, we'll raise a lot of money that way. It's a great event. It's it's 
more than a day long from noon till 2 a.m. 2 a.m. What's it like at 2 a.m. as things are wrapping up? Are there still people out there having a good time partying? Yeah, so the street stages will be closed. The big tent will be done at 2 a.m., but everyone will uh, will end up at the Village Idiot and Buster Browns and kind of go back and forth between the two. And it's always fun because it's a lot of people that have volunteered all day. You know, they want to let their hair down. Um, it's a lot of the musicians that have played. And so that's, to me, that's always a fun, fun part of the night. Um, March 5th, uh, the website if people want to dive into all those things. Acousticsforautism.com. You can also like Project I Am on Facebook and get updates, uh, but go to acousticsforautism.com. Awesome. Uh, 90, 90 performers. One of them is here in studio, Carrie, Megan, and Kelsey from uh, Amelia Earhart, who you may or may not have seen in The Blade today as an act to watch, because no one's ever heard of you guys before, right? <laughs> these, these young whippersnappers, they might be on to something. Uh, we'll hear from the ladies when we get back and continue to talk about acoustics for autism here on Q105. Q105, Lizzo is no kind of Star compared to the ladies that are in the studio now. Uh, we are getting ready for Acoustics for Autism, the 16th annual, on March 5th. The ladies from Amelia Earhart are here. Hello, everyone. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Kelsey, Megan, Carrie, ladies, you were uh, in the blade today. You're you're a band to watch in 2023. Um, are you working on any new music? Megan, why don't you take that question? Yep. Uh, so we're we're working on freshening up the set all the time, as well as adding some originals in the mix. You know, we've got a lot of originals that are kind of backlogged. We think we're going to bring out some old stuff pretty soon here, and write new new tunes. So, what's the last big gig you guys have had? Was at, I mean, obviously, Jeep Fest was very big. Anything between then and now? Between them well, now? you know, I will say, like, some of my highlights from the summer, we played at uh, the Traverse City Pittsbitter mm. Stadium. That was pretty sweet. Got to play at a baseball field. Yeah. Um, and then we also got to open for, like, one of my rock and roll heroes, Pat Benatar, yeah. which is just amazing. And she sounds like a million bucks. So, yeah. Um, March 5th, Acoustics for Autism. Have you, la- how many of these have you ladies played? Do you know? Have you lost track of? Nicole, yeah. have they done all of them? Yeah, I would say probably 10, right? It's got to be 10, at least like in some arrangement or other. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, a little taste of what's going to happen on March 5th. What are you going to play for us? Take it away, Kelsey. I think we're going to do uh, Black Horse. Okay. Shall we? It's, uh, it's all you unless you want me in on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> in there. You'll know. absolutely not. You'll feel it. Chime in on those well, my heart knows it better than I know myself, so I'm gonna let it do all the talking. I came across a place in the middle of nowhere with a big black horse and a cherry tree. I felt a little fear upon my back. I said, don't look back, just keep on walking. And a big black horse said, look this way. I said, hey, little lady, won't you marry me? And I said, oh, no, no. No, 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 it's a no, no, you're not 
not the one for me No, 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 no I said no, no, you're not the one for me In my heart had a problem in the early hours So I stopped it there for Peter too And I caught some cord and I shouldn't have done it And it won't forgive me after all these years Ooh. Ooh. So I sent to a place in the middle of nowhere With a big black horse and a cherry tree Now I won't come back and it's all so happy Now I got a hole for the world to see yeah. And I say no, no the one for me no 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 you're not the one for me Kelsey, Megan, and Carrie, a little bit of a preview of Acoustics for Autism coming up on March 5th. Thanks to uh, many of the sponsors, including True House. As Scott mentioned earlier, uh, you can still get in with some sponsorship dollars. Acousticsforautism.com. Right, Scott? You got it. Awesome. Um, two of you have known each other a very long time. Carrie and Megan. Kelsey, how long? you Has it been four years now with the girls? I've been officially with... Or two years full on. Seems but much definitely longer. been yeah, it definitely does seem like how many lo- gigs do you longer. think you've done with them over the over two years? Well it's getting close to tax season, so I'm starting to count <laughs> that. <laughs> um, so since you ladies have known each other quite some time, I think we might have done this before. I'm I if you grow and I'll know we did it before. I would like to ask you ladies some questions about each other, kind of like oh, a no. newlywed type game. Did we do this before? I'll we do it did, though. It's always and they, okay. they probably have. I probably uh, and have. And your not. mom is texting me, by the way. Mom. <laughs> mom. Uh, we're trying to do live radio here, Margie. Um, all right. Margie. <laughs> Shout out to Margie. And go Eagles, right? Um, Carrie, when did Megan fall in love with her husband, John? Oh, really? <gasps> we little. Folk. I was gonna say I think I this too. Yeah. I'm going with oh man, crap! I should really know that. They did go to school. You met at TSA, right? Okay, we did. great. Oh, there you go, high school. Yeah, then. I, yeah I was gonna yes. say yeah. So do you remember when the love struck? Oh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Probably Megan, over a board when, game. When, when you're Me- Megan. Love. Uh, 2008. <laughs> oh my gosh, she has the date. It was April 14th. <laughs> there are more details, but I won't go there. Oh my gosh. 2008. That was an old TSA, right? At the, uh, at the old building? No, still the same building. Um, but there were only, we only had third and fourth floor in the basement at that time. Oh my goodness. So, and now it's growing. It's growing. We're going to have a whole new building. It's the next big thing. Yeah. By the way, Bethany would yell at me if I was talking about TSA and didn't me- didn't mention this is the last week for the lottery where more kids than ever will be accepted because the school is growing. 
That's right. Yep. And it's your best chance to get in. So if you've got a student interested in coming to uh, Total School for the Arts, you should definitely enroll them right now. I just told right somebody to about now. that today. <laughs> Megan, what's a song that Carrie hates playing? All of them. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Uh, no, I love every single Stop one. Stop it. There's uh, got to be one that drives you nuts. I think it's literally all of them. No. Well, no. You're going to get fired. There's one. Yeah, I know, man. You're out uh, of the band. I'm going to say Valerie. You're out of the I'm going to say Valerie. No, that's not it. Oh, thank God, because I like that one. That's not no. the one. Faith. <laughs> yes. <gasps> what is it? going to be a guess. <laughs> What's the song you did over the summertime at G-Fest? You changed the lyrics saying we can't stay. Oh, it's Get Lucky. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Work right. till nine if you're lucky. Uh, <laughs> yes, things Be- are different now. Before yeah. we wrap up, can we do like a couple of verses of that? Because okay. everybody's got to hear that. Oh, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not done with the questions. Um, <laughs> how well does Amelia Earhart's know each other, and why? Well, my phone turned back on. Ah, not on the keyboard. Thing. All right, Carrie. Uh, Megan travels a lot. What's been her favorite getaway? She likes camping. I'm going to say Yellowstone, but I'm not 100 on that. Yeah, I think you're, you're pretty close, though. You're okay. pretty close. All yeah, right. Yellowstone, Tetons, great area. Yeah, great trip. All right. Mm, Kelsey, what food does Carrie despise? And yes, this is all about things she hates. Carrie, <laughs> oh, what man, food does I Carrie like despise? Carrie loves all the food. I don't even know. No allergies, nothing? That's not true, Megan. Do you know the answer to this question? I was going to say, you don't love all the food. I don't love all the food. Oh, no. You know, I think, like, she doesn't like spicy things, right? You don't like spicy things? No, I'm a sissy. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Because she won't do our wing challenge because she's a sissy with the spices. Yeah, Yeah. Carrie's Carrie's like a nibbler of things, so, like, she just (laughs) nibbles on anything. Yeah, she'll eat and then she'll put the plate in the refrigerator mm-hmm. and nobody can touch it because she's definitely coming back for I'm that later. Back, yeah, or so I'll just, stash it in the microwave. Yeah, yes, like that's happened at the bay. <laughs> yeah. um, Carrie, what's Megan's least favorite part of gigs? Mm, not soloing. I'm sure of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Accurate. Yeah. Uh, Megan, what's Carrie's favorite movie? I don't know if Carrie has ever watched a full movie. No, I've been watching lots of Why movies not? lately. Yeah. Alicia and I have been pounding, powering through All some right. movies. Uh, I'm going to go with the classic and say Forrest Gump. For least favorite or favorite? For favorite. favorite. I, I don't know if I can like say that I have a favorite movie. But like, if there's anything like cooking related, then yeah. Did you watch the menu? I did. Yeah, right. Ugh, I, I don't run. know. That cheeseburger looks so good. It did. I, that yeah, cheeseburger that, was to that die was probably for. the best part of the movie. Um, <laughs> Kelsey, aside from acoustics for autism, what's Megan, Megan's favorite gig of the year? Oh, well, I mean, probably your kid gigs. And the, she, he said aside from acoustics for autism, though. But like, she, I meant like she, Amelia Harris, but you're talking like um, uh, the TSA. I just said her kid gigs. Like she Got takes it. her, her kids out to do the jazz in the park and over the summer. That's a big thing for her. Um, and that usually goes throughout the summer at various like inner city parks, right? The TSA Jazz Band does yeah. that. So yeah. and uh, and she's she's all about that. That's a tough question though, because like honestly, this is my favorite time of year. Like acoustics for autism is where it's at. Like it's you look forward to it every year. It's a big festival. Yeah. Everybody comes together as a community for a good cause. I mean, it's like you can't get much better than that. It you know? it kicks off uh, drinking and party season it, here in the area because then like wine fest comes. There's a beer fest. Opening day happens, and then everybody gets a little bit of break around Memorial Day. You, you take June off, and then we pound it again on July Fourth. 
Heaven forbid uh, the wall. I do like the playoffs during the opening day season or whatever. It's all right? all over the place. One last question, yeah. um, Megan. What's Carrie's dream gig or venue? Ooh, um, I you know I don't know if she knows about this, but um, <laughs> she doesn't know it's her there favorite. was there her was dream. an HBO show or it was on some some like channel. I don't remember the channel exactly, but there's like a show. Where it's like Hall and Oates and you cook with them and you uh-uh. play music. That'd be rad. And I think a gig where she's like cooking and playing music would be yeah. like where it's at. Daryl's house. Oh, there you nice. go, Daryl's house. Check so they this know. Out. Yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I Acoustic, think that's her dream gig. Acoustics yeah. for Autism. Um, that's the website you can find as well. Follow along on the socials. March 5th with 90 bands. It's free. Starts at noon, goes till well after midnight. Um, can I get a couple of verses of We Can't Stay Up? We're lucky if we stay up. Kelsey, what time do you go to bed? Uh, usually about 10, 11. Megan? You know, during the school year, sometimes 7.30. <laughs> Such a square. 7.30 at night? <laughs> yep. Hey, they, yep. if it's Late dark afternoon. and the streetlights are on. Yep, if right. it's dark out. Well, try to make it till 8.30 on Tuesday, tomorrow night because you're probably not going to have school Wednesday. There you go. There Carrie, you go. But yes. Carrie, what time do you go to bed at? Uh, like like 10. It depends. 10? Depends on what I'm doing. Okay. She's yeah. an early uh, riser. Amelia <laughs> Earhart. Ladies, always good to see you. Thank you for having uh, us. Nicole Scott, good luck for Acoustics for Autism. Wait, what else? What? What time is the set? What time is their set? What time is your set? I believe we're at 4.30 on the... Uh, Beer Garden State. Okay. Um, is it actually good that Conan is still under construction? Does that interrupt anything? Well, aren't we on the both sides of the street now? We got the entire... Yeah. 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 I think, was it last year that was the first mm-hmm. time across oh, the street? Close, Wayne, Dudley, yep. or all closed. Yep. The back street behind the idiots for load for bands, load in, load out. So the whole block's closed. Awesome. Yep. Looking forward to it. March 5th, Acoustics for Autism Ladies. Thank you for visiting. Good to see you Thank as you. always. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for having me.